they're there and that word of mouth process can happen where if somebody they know, your clients knows on LinkedIn, that person sees your content all the time, your ideal client you know, in conversation with that person that is on LinkedIn says, oh, you should connect with or you should meet or whatever, then it happens. So I'm sorry, but not sorry. Don't be narrow minded. Like, come on, broaden our thought process when it comes to LinkedIn, because the narrow the thought process is the narrow your results are going to be from the platform. Another soundbite. You're just bringing them today. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the firecracker, Clarine Mitchell. Clarine Mitchell is the owner of TCM Communications, LLC, a social media branding firm based in McQuan, Wisconsin, that focuses on helping success-driven entrepreneurs and corporate leaders effectively leverage LinkedIn to generate results. She holds a BA in interpersonal communications from Cardinal Stritch University. In addition to her entrepreneurial endeavors, Clarine is an accomplished print journalist, community activist, and public relations professional. For more than 30 years, she has worked to craft the image of community-based organizations and to advance issues of importance. Clarine is viewed as a reliable source of accurate and timely information, as well as branding guidance. She has worked on the executive team for a mayor and was the very first public information officer for the City of Milwaukee Health Department. Her nonprofit work included the Milwaukee Urban League, Black Health Coalition of Wisconsin, the Medical College of Wisconsin, and others. Now, Clarine is on a mission to change the trajectory of lives and businesses, one LinkedIn profile at a time. It is Friday. Well, at point of recording and the sun is shining and I have the honor of asking you, what the heck do small business owners need to focus on this week? What they need to focus on this week, every week, if they want to continue to grow their businesses and grow their businesses on an upward track is stop being in the shadows on LinkedIn. Like, come from the shadows, come on the platform, be bold, shine online, get the money. That's what I want to tell them to focus on. Yes. Get the money because it's on LinkedIn and it's there for the taking. Heck yes. And there's a wonderful window of opportunity that if they're not leveraging, you know what they're doing, Annie? If they're not stepping up and being bold and getting from out of the shadows on LinkedIn, they're leaving that money for their competition. Amen. And I don't know about you, Annie, but I want my money. I, I'm not ready and willing and okay with leaving money on the table for my competition when I know who I am and how dynamic and how fabulous and how phenomenal I am and expertise that I bring better than any one else in my industry, that money is for me, not for them. No, 
this is no hating on nobody else or no shade or any of that. It's just saying like there's there's a uniqueness that I bring to the table with doing what I do and the value that I yes. add and give to my clients. So why would I be in the shadows on LinkedIn or not use the platform at all, knowing my ideal clients are there that, hey, the business is there. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you're bazillion percent right. There is money. Wait a minute, go back. Bazillion. What's like, what's bazillion? I, I usually say zillions, but bazillions, you don't took it up a level. So can I use that too? Bazillion is the grandpa of zillion. Oh, okay. Got it. I don't know Got what it. the daddy of zillion is. Maybe it's like cabillion. I don't know. But gazillion is the granddaddy of zillion. And I mean, it's just happening over there all the time. Yes. There is so much money happening over there because LinkedIn has a whole lot of different functions. But if you are on LinkedIn, if you are spending time on LinkedIn, you are there to do one of two things, in my opinion. And you, as my LinkedIn queen, please correct me if I'm wrong. But at least I know if I'm on LinkedIn, oh my God, I love it. Y'all, you can't see, but she just put a crown on and I am not at all surprised. Yes, queen, <laughs> wear that crown for this question, which is, in my opinion, when people get over there, they are either looking to learn or to connect or both. And that's it. They're not over there the to post pictures of their cats. The no. And I love cat pictures, but it doesn't belong over there. Now, yet you also said be bold. And I think a lot of people think that their boldest content doesn't belong on LinkedIn. And to that, I say your fluffiest content doesn't belong, doesn't belong on LinkedIn, on LinkedIn mm -mm. but your boldest content sure as heck does. What do you think about that? It is more than what I think is what I know <laughs> on LinkedIn. Your boldest content is going is gonna to help you stand out. It's going to help you be that golden egg that stands out from the crowd that helps you shine. It's going to be what draws your ideal people to you. If you're playing low or playing little on the platform or being boring or being ultra conservative or, you know, where you're tiptoeing in the process or in the field of LinkedIn on the platform, no, that's not going to work. But it's that bold content. It's that transparent content where you're opening up, you're being vulnerable, the real talk, the, and let me, while we're on this, is some people have the notion, a lot of people, that you can't be personal on LinkedIn. No. Not to cat people, like there's a population for everybody on LinkedIn. There's some pet lovers, you know, but if that's not what your business is about, then why are you making those kind of posts on a regular? Maybe every blue moon on right. a Saturday, on a weekend or whatever, or, you know, but on a regular basis, your content should be about your business. And if your business is not about cats or dogs or whatever, no shade to the pet lovers of the world then why are you posting it? But you can be personal on LinkedIn, but there should be always some business relevancy to the personal um, content that you post. Heck yes, which is why it's so fabulous because nine times out of 10, the other thing for social listening, because everyone is posting their boldest and best or their boringest, <laughs> it's really easy, A, to figure out who your people are. But from a social listening standpoint, it's also a freaking dream because your feed on LinkedIn 
is so much more curated than your feed on any other platform. Yes. If I go to Instagram by my own design, I'm going to see in addition to business stuff and other strategists, if I go to Instagram, I'm going to see shoes and vacations and stuff like that. If I go to TikTok, most of the TikTok stuff I follow is raccoons and skunks, literally critters. So my business stuff is intercut with critters. If I go on LinkedIn, it's all my favorite people's best stuff and nothing else. That's right. It's curated. So a lot of times people say LinkedIn, the newsfeed is boring. I say your LinkedIn newsfeed is as boring as the people you're connected to and the content that you're following. LinkedIn customizes our platform. I mean, our newsfeed, the algorithm of LinkedIn based upon who we're engaging with, who we're connected to, the things that are of interest to us. So if you're not effectively using a platform, then it's going to be reflected in your newsfeed, <laughs> right? But if you mm-hmm. want to take control of your brand and your network and the connections and all of that, train the algorithm so that it gets used to what you are interested in based upon what you react to, based upon what you leave comments on, based upon what you share, based upon the nature of your content. That's what's going to dictate to the algorithm how to curate your your uh, your newsfeed. Most definitely. Right. That's it. So go on a little rant for me here, uh-uh. your majesty. I, I, uh, wait what? a minute. You've given me permission. You ready? Everyone hear this. Yes. She's given me permission. Oh. I love it. You had permission to rant from the moment I met you. Y'all, we met at the Small Business Expo here in Chicago, and we were trying to go into a networking thing, but the group before us would not vacate. <laughs> So I looked at her and I just said, should I yell? And she nodded and I yelled. And from that moment- We went in and took over. We were buddies. Uh We did. We went in, we took over and I was like, we're going to be friends (laughs) because we're no nonsense. (laughs) So, you know, yes, of course, you of all people, I want this rant from you to the people out there that still tell me, Annie, what the hell? LinkedIn's just a job site. What do you have to say to that? Oh, my, my, my. Every time I hear that, if I could have a dollar for every time I hear that, even a penny, my, okay, I need for, please, please, please. And I wish people could see me right now to understand my frustration with that. (laughs) When people tell me that, and, and it's legit, you know, I know this is too legit to quit and, you know, we have to have that mindset, but it's not what it used to be. LinkedIn is not the the platform of what high started 19 years ago. It has evolved. It has transitioned. And not just me saying this, this is, and I have evidence of this. I can share it with anyone from the CEO of LinkedIn. It's for everyone to, you know, achieve their highest fulfillment and this is just in my words, my translation of their mission and their vision, but their their goals economically and professionally. That's not exclusive to job seekers. That is inclusive of professionals, whether they want to use LinkedIn from a brand ambassador perspective, but for you and I and our interests is for entrepreneurs as well. I'm an entrepreneur. The majority of my clients I get from LinkedIn based upon how I use the platform. And that's clients who are from a national level and an international level. 
based upon how I use the platform. And that's without me doing the ads. It's not a secret or where you got to pay a whole bunch to get results from LinkedIn, like some other name platforms. It's all about Facebook. Facebook. Um, It's all about understanding the platform and using it consistently. You're going to get results. But okay, if nothing else from this episode, I want your listeners to, to keep with them in their brains. It is not just for job seekers. LinkedIn is not just for job seekers. It is so much more than that. There's a world of opportunity that is there for us as business owners on the platform. You just have to use it to get the results. It is evolved. That's, I don't. Yep, it's evolved. I don't know how, how many more times I can say it and how different I can say it. It has evolved. It is so different than what it used to be. Yes, job seekers can get it results. We as business owners, LinkedIn recently included one of my quotes in one of their blogs. And my quote was all about, yes. but get the, the quote was all about how I generated a client from one of my LinkedIn audio events. They want us as business owners, as entrepreneurs, and for them right now, LinkedIn, they have this whole focus on creators. Those who are consistent on a platform, creating content and conversations through their content, and that includes business owners. That's not exclusive to just job seekers. It really is broader than that. The creator economy is what they're focused on now, Um, and that's entrepreneurs. So stop it, please. Please stop the madness. Oh, stop the madness. Stop the madness. Stop the madness. It's not just for job seekers. It is so much more. And there's also so much more functionality over there that that people don't even really know about in or, or if they know about it, they're not necessarily using it. And so I feel like every day without getting overwhelmed. I discover a new great feature Mm -hmm. over there. And one of the reasons is, like you said, it's 19 years old. How many trends have come and gone in the last 19 years? How many entire platforms have risen and fallen in the last 19 years? Still steady, staying the course and growing, evolving, getting better. Right. Yes. LinkedIn is the social media OG. Ah, I love and that. because of yes, that, I love that, right? Yes. It's in the game. LinkedIn ain't new, but as such, they're not building the trends that like, oh, okay, we have to have this or this or this or that. You could post a GIF on LinkedIn. Yes. Like we have that going yeah. for us. That's great. But there are so many things that I use on the daily that that I feel like the majority of LinkedIn users don't Most use. Definitely. So one of them is the link the LinkedIn newsletter yes. gets better open rates than my email. Do you know list. why that is? Because it goes to the main tab and not the promotions tab. <laughs> How the hell did they pull yeah. that off? So people can subscribe to it. LinkedIn does the marketing for us. Meaning when people subscribe yep. to our newsletters, LinkedIn pushes a uh, LinkedIn notification to them. They also send them an email notification. I got a push notification about myself right. the other day, y'all. And if you have not yet lived 
to have a push notification <laughs> that you do not expect show up about you on your phone. It is a great right. feeling. You feel like Beyonce <laughs> for one minute. You're like, I just got right. a notification about like me. But I it's also effortless. Google alerts yeah. about me. And it's like, oh, okay. That's that's me they're talking about. That's cool. <laughs> right? Like, oh, okay. Like, guess who just got quoted by LinkedIn? <laughs> me. What up? Right? But the other thing is when you connect with someone, it automatically invites them to subscribe to your dang newsletter, which is insane. You don't have to do anything. It just grows and goes into the inbox and gets really good open rates and also push notifications. Right. What? Okay, so there's one. Number two, LinkedIn Messenger. Now, people, another thing you're going to oh, hold on to your hat here, love bug. Another thing I hear from people all the time is LinkedIn is too spammy. I get some spam in my DMs on LinkedIn. I get a lot more spam in my DMs on Instagram. And also money gets made in the DMs right. on LinkedIn. Right. So what 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 do you think about LinkedIn Messenger? Are you utilizing it? What do you think? Are people using it? Are they abusing it? What's your take? A little of both. So I say the spam happens everywhere. I'm a huge advocate and fan yeah. for LinkedIn, but the reality is a social media platform is flawed in at some levels, right? But it's still it's less right. than other platforms, I say. And so, yes, I use messaging and yes, I grow my business through messaging. But yes, there's people who do the spamming, right? There's people who, as soon as yeah. I accept a connection invite, send me a salesy message or send me a salesy message without you know even being connected, all of that. But you know what? We have the power to just delete and mm -hmm. remove those connections. And that's what I do on a daily. So it, Mm -hmm. Don't use that as an excuse to not pay attention and focus on LinkedIn because, yes, there's some spammers that can happen, but you have to be on guard with your profile and use it strategically, effectively. But, yes, be all up in the DMs. Make it work, but don't be salesy because that will turn people yeah. off on LinkedIn if you're salesy. Heck, yeah. But also, don't send me a boring, high, nice to be connected message. If you want something from me, tell me why you're right. reaching out. Tell me what you liked about right. my profile. Tell me what episode of the podcast you listened to or what interview uh, you oh, heard Oh, wait me a on. minute. Like, How let me know. This? Yeah. Don't send me a DM saying, hi, you look interesting. Tell me more about your business or tell, what, what do you do? Fool. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. But like... You could say it. You could say fool on this show. People have said a lot worse. So that's the nice version of it. Like, take the time to look at my profile. You don't need to ask me right. stupid questions if you take the time to look at my profile. So you're already telling me you didn't take the time to look at my profile. I Don't be wasting my time. I don't have time to waste. So like you said, Annie, like, give me some solid foundation as to why you're sending me a connection invite. What, what drew yes. your interest to my profile? That was for real, for real. Not you, you know, trying to do the little bait, set the trap for the, your sales message next. <laughs> I feel like those traps, you know, my best friend had a mouse in her house. Ooh. 
for a while. <laughs> and it was terrifying. But there was a, uh, her husband took like a ring camera and put it by the mouse trap so they could see the mouse's behavior. <laughs> this mouse would literally look at this trap like, you're kidding me, right? You actually expect me to go for that? That's how I feel on these right. DMs where I get people being like, I've been browsing your profile and I'm curious, what do you do? I'm like, browse then you the haven't profile. been browsing my right. profile. Like, browse Boom. the damn profile. It takes one second to find a detail. Goodness right. gracious. But done right, it's a lot more efficient than email. I don't have to send a whole email to somebody if I just want to be like, hey, I need right. your headshot or something like the right. podcast. And it's also just really fun. Right. And then it's like old school AOL instant messenger, oh, like 2000. Oh, she went back. She brought went into back. the LinkedIn era. She went yeah, right I back. did. But I did. It, it is like so with emails and in comparison sometimes, because I will purposely, especially for my clients, it's like, no, we don't communicate via emails. We communicate versus via the DMs because I want to train them to yep. get used to using the platform. But emails, you know, they can get lost because we have we're busy, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes if you're using the DMs quite often, people will respond to that much quicker because it's outside of the norm. But you have to use it and do it in the right way and not the spammy way. I mean, isn't that everything? How you do it? Yeah. Don't be spammy, yeah. for goodness sake. But I don't know. I just love it. I just love it. I'm over there all the time. That's like my number one notification. It's like, bloop. Like, but that's the thing is I have more fun on LinkedIn than anywhere else online. And I cannot believe I'm saying that. But it's freaking say it true. Again. Say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> what? <coughs> Tell me uh, yeah. I and Elizabeth Passanisi Ruggles have more fun on LinkedIn than any other social media platform. Hereby signed 12 noon exactly. <laughs> Friday, June 17th, uh, 2022, yes. right? It's just totally true, right? But the other thing is, it, it all goes back to that boldness. It's so easy to have fun on LinkedIn because everybody else is putting out their driest stuff and you can stand out like the most beautiful sore thumb in human history, right? You are a unicorn immediately. Right, you know there. what I love, Elizabeth? if I can say that, but Annie, you know what I, I love when people yes. say, Oh, Clary, every time I go on LinkedIn, I see your content. I'm like, duh, that is strategic. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's what's supposed to happen. Thank you for letting me know. Mm -hmm. But yes, every time you get on, you yes. should see my content. Cause I'm not going to be out of sight, out of mind. So traditionally only statistically speaking about one to 2% of LinkedIn members post content. 1%, 1 to 2% or less. 1 to 2%? Post content consistently on the platform. And now currently is over 800 million LinkedIn users. So you think if you're posting consistently, cream rises, you're going to shine. You're going to stand yep. up, stand out, right? And that's what you want. But that statistic, LinkedIn wasn't having it. And that's why they have this whole focus on supporting content creators yeah. and it's changed the game on the platform. They launched it in, so this is what, 2022. So in 2021, 
in early 2021. About this time, they launched the creator program and creator mode and other initiatives or efforts to support people who are LinkedIn members who consistently create content. And it's changed the game on the platform where there's more conversations happening, which is what we want on the platform, because that's what really leads to the building those relationships and building that no like and trust factor where people get to really know us, like us and trust us and then want to do business with us. Heck yes. And it's also got built in social proof right there because they can go see your recommendations. They can see who else you're connected to. They can look at the caliber of your comments on other people's stuff. It's like built in vetting right then and there. Why are people like, why are they sleeping on LinkedIn? Come on. I think it's because of the stigma. I I don't know if it's a full-fledged stigma. I don't think it's a stigma. I think it's a misconception. I think it's the idea that it's the two we already talked about. It's boring. It's only for job seekers. And they don't know the full functionality. Like, I started a group on LinkedIn a couple of months ago. I didn't even know LinkedIn had groups. And neither did most of the people that I invited. And now they're like, why am I in any Facebook groups? Everything over here is business-oriented, and it's so much easier to connect. Totally true. I ran a Facebook community for many years called House of Sisters. And if people met each other through the group on Facebook, what would happen is they would connect on Facebook and that's where it stops. Maybe they'd see each other's cat videos. That's it. Now on LinkedIn, I can do real networking. I can pair people together in this group and in one click, they're a part of each other's business ecosystems. That can only happen on LinkedIn. And the discoverability from that just is exponential. Boom, 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 boom. But most people don't even know that LinkedIn has groups. So talk to me. How are you seeing groups being used? Because, you know, I was bashing on Facebook before, but I think Facebook fatigue is real. And the main thing for creators over there, other than ads, for the longest time, the thing that people say, like, I don't know how to let go of, is my Facebook group. So... To those people that are, you know, death gripped onto their Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, are they going to pick up? Are they there? Tell me the lay of the land. So Facebook and LinkedIn, just a comparison of the groups. Yes, LinkedIn has groups. LinkedIn has has had groups for a very long time. Yeah. I don't know if it's since the platform was, you know, launched, but a very long time. I will be honest, though, that... Hmm. The Facebook groups and the Facebook fatigue is real. I understand it. I experience it. But when it comes to the comparison, the Facebook has, they've figured out what to do with groups more so than LinkedIn has. Um, But I don't believe that's going to last long because whenever, you know, you get started with doing something on Facebook and it works, then they figure out how to monetize it for them, not for us. And so I think they're starting to see how effectively the the groups have been for us and they're they're going to put on some paywalls or they're going to decrease the traction of them or something. Yeah. But just the nature of the groups or the structure of groups on Facebook is different and better. I will say that. But it hasn't been necessarily a priority. Some people can have magic happen with their groups on LinkedIn and some people can't. It just depends. Um, It hasn't been a focus, but they're moving in that direction. I've heard from their product product managers 
right now, their focus is on or has been on their LinkedIn, the LinkedIn audio feature, which is comparable somewhat to say to Clubhouse, where you can have an audio event on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. That has been their focus. They launched that in January of 2022. And now they're in the process of rolling it out broadly to all members after going through a beta phase with the feature. They have some other live related features that they're going to be rolling out as well. And then they're going to be addressing the groups to make them more robust because LinkedIn members have been asking for that. But the reason that it doesn't. Yeah, go ahead. There are so many to, to the point, there are so many untapped features on LinkedIn that entrepreneurs, solopreneurs specifically are missing out on. Like I mentioned, the audio event feature or just turning creator mode on. But like you said, newsletters, you, you can publish regular articles. You can go live and have a show on LinkedIn with your LinkedIn lives. There's so many features on the platform that many people are just clueless about. And so it's getting in and using it and starting to really get accustomed to it. And my biggest thing is you can't just double dip and be here and there and everywhere. You have to lean into it and prioritize the platform. When you prioritize the platform, it will prioritize you and you will start getting results from it. There's a tote bag moment when you prioritize a platform, it will prioritize you. You know what? I believe that about LinkedIn. I'm not sure I believe that about TikTok, but I damn well believe that about LinkedIn. I have evidence to show that yeah. <laughs> it will probably, if you're tiptoeing here, even I've seen it with my clients who yeah. I try to get them to focus on LinkedIn, but they're tiptoeing and I can tell because they don't, they don't get the results or they're not consistent because I'm looking and tracking them. And I know they're splitting their loyalty, so to speak, their attention, just like in a romantic relationship, mm-hmm. you know? It don't work like that. No, (laughs) We have to focus the attention and we focus the attention. The laws of attraction go into play and we start to get the results from LinkedIn because we're leaning into it. We're devoting ourselves to it. We're learning and we're growing on the platform. And the algorithm's learning us. Yes. All of that. Freaking love that. I absolutely, a zillion percent (laughs) love all of that. I'm just getting excited. And honestly- Remember before we were like, our competition is leaving money on LinkedIn. I kind of feel that way about LinkedIn groups. I know they don't have their poop in a group, as my coach would say, uh, all the way when it comes to groups because it hasn't been prioritized. That for me is all the more reason to get in there and start making waves in LinkedIn groups because then when they do prioritize it, I'm already sitting pretty. I'm in place. Right. Good point. Right. And so for right. me, because it's working well already, understandably, completely agree with what you said. It did not have the visibility or traction of my Facebook group. It is not growing explosively, but I know that. So I'm growing it slowly and with intention. So when it blows up, here's me. Right. But let me make the point, too, with on LinkedIn, it's not just about quality. I mean, quantity. It's about quality on LinkedIn. So you could have a small group on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and still get greater results than a huge group on Facebook. Yep. Because it's about the quality, having the right mix of people in there and that are engaged and you still can get great results. 
And that goes for LinkedIn overall, not just with the groups, but overall, it's not about your, the qual the quantity rather, it's about the quality. You can have somebody mm-hmm. that has, wait, what you say before, Annie? Bazillion. A bazillion. You can have somebody that has a bazillion followers or connections but yet they've not taken the time to build community. So you, you know, scroll through, walk through their activity section and their content. They have posts, but no engagement because they've not taken time to build community. So who cares about their 10,000 plus followers or connections, but yet they have no engagement, no conversations that their posts are creating. They have no brand or really no solid presence on the platform. So it's all about the quality for me. Yeah, the that's platform. the that's the equivalent, the online equivalent of if a tree falls in a forest, right? Like if I'm putting this stuff out there, I got this big list and I'm not creating community, then it's not social media, it's just media. Ha! There you go. There you go. There's the tote bag one. There's the okay. tote bag. We are just tote bagging it up. The next time we have an event together, you and I are just going to be tote bagged up. It's going to be amazing. Yes. Oh, my goodness. All right. So the last thing that I feel like I'm just going to wound your soul, but know that I'm only asking you these horrible questions so that you can shed your light on all of this brilliance. Oh The last objection I hear from people about LinkedIn is they say, well, my clients aren't over there. What do you say? Like, what kind of business do you have that your clients would not be on LinkedIn? Like, (laughs) what kind of client? Okay. So let me just say, any and everyone is on LinkedIn. It's just a matter of how they're using the platform. And I'm going to say this and you're going to love it, I think. There's pole dancers on LinkedIn. Yeah. Any and everyone that's on the platform. And so to say, oh, I'm not on there because, and generally, let me just, and so I'm trying not to go off in a tangent or my You can my tangent if this. you want to, come on. Uh, <laughs> but it, when you say that, it reminds me of, uh, the allegiance that people have to Facebook. Ooh, I said it, Facebook. Facebook. The allegiance the people have to that other platform that is unfounded, that gives generally probably very little tangible results. It's the vanityness of you're going to get more reactions, maybe. You're going to get more comments. You're going to get the ego filler, you know, yeah. boosters. Little dopamine heads. Right. But what money are you getting? What real business, solid business are you getting from the platform? So when people tell me that, that's what I'm thinking. It's, mm-hmm. It reminds me of, and, and I actually, in the early days of my business, I went through it, you know, because I was spending all this time on Facebook. And it's like, wait a minute, y'all, I, I don't remember you, 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 any of you being clients ever, you know, and yet, the reach I have on LinkedIn and the returns on my investment of time is totally different. So, okay, that's a myth. It is probably not true that your clients are not on LinkedIn. They're there. The problem is they're there, but you're not there. How about that? And you're missing out on because you're not there. Heck yeah. And even even if you are in the one industry that we can't even brainstorm where your clients wouldn't be over there, your partners are. And, and I was going to say the word of mouth, 
process of LinkedIn, if your clients aren't there, but their neighbors are, yeah. or who they go to church with, or who they yeah. hang out the club with on the weekend, mm -hmm. or go to the games with, they're there. And that word of mouth process can happen where if somebody they know, your clients knows on LinkedIn, that person sees your content all the time, your ideal client you know, in conversation with that person that is on LinkedIn says, oh, you should connect with or you should meet or whatever, then it happens. So I'm sorry, but not sorry. Don't be narrow minded. Like, come on, broaden our thought process when it comes to LinkedIn, because the narrow the thought process is the narrow your results are going to be from the platform. Another soundbite. You're just bringing them today. My high priestess of the Church of LinkedIn, you're just sharing <laughs> this magnificent yeah. gospel with us today, the gospel of LinkedIn. All right. So let's the go back. The gospel. And, yes. And do not let people sleep on this stat that you dropped at the beginning of the episode. Only one to two percent of users are using LinkedIn as a content platform. What? So what? How do we fix this? What? What kind of content? What? How often? Anything you want to say about content, you just go. So a part of that, and depending upon which research you look at as far as the 1% or less or 2%, but a part of that goes back to what you were saying initially about people think of it, think of it as a job seeker platform. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about it, it's just really kind of like a website, something that's static, that there is not even ever changing or dynamic mm -hmm. LinkedIn and social media and any other social, why, like, tell me, uh, help me understand this. If people see Facebook and so, and I'm, let me stop yelling. If people <laughs> see, let me try to calm down. Um, mm, <laughs> calm down. I love that. I'm like, get into it. And you're like, let me regulate my nervous system. And I'm like, get angry. <laughs> and you're like, let me breathe. <laughs> if people Understand that Facebook is a social media platform They and they make posts, right? If Instagram is a social media platform, they make posts, right? If TikTok's social media platform, they make posts, whatever the kind of post it is. If I could go on and on Twitter, whatever. LinkedIn is social media too. Mm -hmm. Why do people not understand that? And see, if it's social media, then why aren't you creating content? Yeah. Like it, it's not just for you to create this profile, which people still don't even do, but it's not just about you having a profile, like it's a resume or something, and then just leave it there sitting for magic to happen. No, the magic happens through the content. That's how people get to know you, get to discover you because you come up on the news feed and then they engage with that. People don't engage with profiles, they engage with the content from the profiles. So it's the content that you add value in by starting conversations related to whatever your area of expertise is without being salesy. Yeah. Like it's, you know, that 80-20 rule in marketing where the majority of our, our content should be about providing value. Yeah. It should be about educating people, inspiring people, motivating people, giving more than we take from the platform. When you do that, you're going to build momentum. You're going to build community. You're going to generate results. Doesn't that just sound magnificent, listeners? Isn't that just what you want? It's right there waiting for you. It's right there. 
All right. So before we transition into our absolutely exceptional and rather innovative pop culture topic, I got one more LinkedIn question, which is the one I get asked all the time. Understanding that all businesses are different. If someone wants to become a LinkedIn content creator and they want to jump into it, you know, with full effort, but really make a good concerted way to be consistent over there, how often should, air quotes around should, we be posting over there in terms of content? I say at very minimum, two to three times a week. Okay. But to really great create momentum with the content daily. Daily. All right, y'all, two to three times a week. People get scared when I say daily, especially my clients. But if you want to create momentum on the platform and be consistent and get that process going, it's daily on the platform creating that content. This is actually a very (laughs) semi-appropriate transition in that I believe this person we're about to talk about made the change she wanted to see on the internet and the world every single day of her too short life. I'm talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. May she rest in power. What the heck? Drum roll all day. Drum roll for her majesty, the phenomenal RBG. The notorious RBG. What the heck? Does she have to do with LinkedIn and visibility and community and any of it? A whole bunch. And maybe I need to write a blog about this. I haven't, I don't think. So maybe I need to do this. So thank you, Annie, for allowing (laughs) me to give some time and respect to the phenomenal, the great RBG. So for me and my business and my approach to what I do as a LinkedIn coach and trainer is all about empowering my clients to own their brands, right? Mm -hmm. And be bold and shine online. And for me, RBG, she was the epitome of being bold and having, you know, that confidence in herself, that courage. Yes. She, you know, she walked her, her life with boldness and with courage. And she didn't worry about the naysayers or the haters or the whomevers, she stepped with boldness at every step of her life. Her life story and her life um, journey has have been an inspiration to me and still is an inspiration to me. It Like her passing, I, yeah, it, it was sad for me, but just the, the boldness of, just think about her and just her persona. It's the, mm-hmm. the, the brand. For one, and you mentioned before, I think the collar. I mm-hmm. loved just, you know, her and then Sandra Day O'Connor, even before mm-hmm. the collar and the two of them uniting in, okay, we're wearing these because we're going to own the history of us being women. Justice is right. Yep. And, you know, the history of those those collar those robes were created or designed for men mm-hmm. to pop off their collars, show off their collars and their ties. But then you put it on a woman and it was so they like, Mm-mm, we spending this, we flipping this, and they did. And even more so for RBG, hers was all about, and I don't know if people know this little tidbit. It was very political in how she did on which one she would wear. If if it was a day she was making a decision that was all up, you know, on the majority side, it it was that lace collar. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And if it was one where it was a part of descent, she had a descent collar. Yes, no. the pearl one. The ne- yeah, the pearl one, the necklace. So it's like I, I, I really appreciate from a brand perspective, communication and messaging and imaging. Just you know, she was a. Mm, I don't say that word one word, but she was bad. She was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She she was so much more than people really understand about her and just having that integrity and being a champion. And for me, it's, you have to be my belief in one of my philosophies is we have to be our biggest fans. Yes. Before anyone else can believe in us and champion us or utilize our services. If we're, we're holding back in any way that comes across. Right. But if we're bad, and we're bold and we're our biggest fans and we're champions of what we do, that comes across, that confidence attracts, right? And it attracts business for us as entrepreneurs and being able to leverage LinkedIn in that way. But yes, rest in peace. Rest Rest in power power. to the great RBG. Yes, because everything she did. RBG all day. RBG. It's just, you know, in fierce in her beliefs and so fierce in her evangelism of others where she, she could do both. And I think we can do both on LinkedIn in that she raised her voice and kept it raised, but she also brought other people into the conversation. And I think on a platform like LinkedIn, we can and must do the same for the causes and the the platforms and the truths that matter to us. Like, it's right. not just about getting out here and getting loud. It's about saying, look at what we can all do with our voices raised together. If I got to be first, I'll be first. But I know I'm not alone in this. And, and I just if, love that. Or in addition to that, not or and, if we have to be alone in that, that's okay because we have to have integrity and stand on what matters and have values. Like, so we talked about before how we can be personal on LinkedIn. It's just how you do it. It's not about what you do on LinkedIn is how you do it. There has to be that professional, that business reference there, but you can be personal. And for me, when I'm vulnerable, personal, share those insights about me, that's what draws people in even more though. Cause then that respect level grows or cause even thinking about, you know, killing a George Floyd and the, you know, the rise of the black lives matter movement. And I went out and stepped out of my comfort zone, kind of, so to speak for what I usually do on LinkedIn. And I had to, I had to speak my piece, right? About it. I can't be here as a black woman and this happened in America and I continue on as business as usual. And I share that as an example with things that have continued to happen since then, right? right? Whether it's what happened in Texas not long ago with the school Mm -hmm. shooting or whatever happens in Ukraine, you know, we can't be clueless as if, you know, it's all about us. When there's things that are happening in the world that impact us one way or another, or that we should be concerned about. So, and it bothers me sometimes when I scroll news feeds on heavy days, 
you know, on those heavy days where I can just barely focus because I'm very empathic, empathetic. Mm, what's the word? Work. Empathic, it, yeah. I mean, empathic and, and those when things go trauma on. Days. Those collective right. trauma days Thank are real. You. Thank you. But sometimes when we have those trauma days and I'm scrolling on LinkedIn and people are going on carrying on as usual, I'm like, what the hell? What is wrong with you? Like, where right. is like pause, time out for that? We have to, we have to be in this together as one of LinkedIn's theme is. But RBG, she gem- demonstrated that. One of her quotes, if I can share, and it oh, connects yes. to LinkedIn, is real change, enduring change. So really powerful, everlasting change happens one step at a time. Mm-hmm. It's not overnight. It's not quick fixes. It's one step at a time, step by step, moving forward in the right direction. And paralleling that to LinkedIn, people want these quick fixes when they come to LinkedIn. Mm-mm. That's not how the platform works. You have to get in and put the work in, and it builds over time. And you have to know, and I always make the analogy that. LinkedIn is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a long-term process. It's not a quick in and out. It's a marathon. Um, But when we want that enduring change to have real impact with our business, we have to be committed on the long-term basis to the platform, not hit and miss and here and there and then think we're going to still get those quality results. Mm -mm. But taking it deliberate, strategic, one connection at a time, one post Mm -hmm. at a time. Yes. Right. One, one comment at a time, really bring in that strategy, knowing that our goal here is to educate, inspire, delight, motivate. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when you read an opinion put forth by RBG, she does both. She'll tell Mm -hmm. you the legal precedent of why she chose what she chose. And in no uncertain terms, like she'll drop, you know, all the big legal terms. But then at the same point, she'll say something that uplifts the spirit or talks about why this is important to us and is unafraid or unashamed to say, look, these things need to occur because this is bigger than us. Right. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you brought up stuff like George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and everything else. And I'm really grateful for that um, because you as a woman of color have your experience in that way. And I, as a white woman, one of the things that's really important to me is ending white silence. And when I am, when I am, I'm trying. We all are, right? But but when I- No, we all are not. That's the problem. We all are not. More needs to be- in the process. But but when I'm posting on my socials like business as usual, and it's hard. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I got to launch today and this sucks, but I still got to do it. And it's weird. And it's yeah. not a perfect yeah. science. But yeah. if I'm not going to talk about things like the murder of George Floyd, then I am choosing to have my platform foster white silence. And I'm just not willing to do that. So we had to talk at the beginning of the episode about, you know, not bringing your fluffy content, but human rights issues. And I think RBG would agree. Human rights issues are not marketing. Human rights issues are not promotion. If we are talking about 
how we treat our fellow man, if we are talking about writing injustice, if we are talking about rising together, if we are talking about dismantling isms, especially in the in here in the US, but all around the world, that is not a marketing tactic. That is a human rights issue. And if we have a platform, I think we have a responsibility, regardless of niche and certainly regardless of race, to get out there and, and be heard. So I Most love that definitely. you brought that up because we cannot consider ourselves daughters of RBG if we're not using our voices to create yes. change. Right. Silence is consent. Silence is consent. Silence, Silence is, consent. is consent. We cannot afford to continue to be a part of the problem instead mm-hmm. of being a part of the solutions. So yes. with LinkedIn, we can be a part of the solution with mm-hmm. substance-based content. Yeah, you know, so it's still the conversation about content, and when there's substance with it, when there's authenticity with it, and integrity with it, mm-hmm. it provides that value, and it helps to fill a void and serve a purpose. Mm. Doesn't it? It really, really yes. does. I, and I'm going to give this example as um, evidence of that because I'm all a big believer in t- practicing what I teach. Mm-hmm. And so walking the talk. And so going back to even George Floyd and the killing of George Floyd, mm-hmm. I couldn't be silent, right? I wrote an article on the platform, published mm-hmm. an article on LinkedIn. That led to a year-long speaking gig with the university that I never anticipated having. Speaking gig paid. When I say gig, that means mm-hmm. paid. Paid. Uh, that I never, and again, going back to the law of attraction with LinkedIn, when you just consistently work the platform, yeah. the law of attraction goes into play. The results come, the opportunities open up. But for me, being in my authentic self, being my authentic self and my authentic voice, publishing that article led to a year long speaking gig. And all you wanted to do in that moment was show up as a human and express your reality in that moment in a way that could connect to others. And then you got this out of it. You didn't post about it so that you would get a gig. You got a gig because you posted about it. No. Unbelievable. I really resisted the gig at first. And it's like, they had to convince me like, (laughs) yes, you belong. You need to be a part of this. Yes. Right. And so in my whole process throughout the speaking gig was about being your authentic self on LinkedIn and using the platform to make sure that you're a part of the solution instead of being a part of the problem. Yes. Yes. And that's what I think our bottom line this whole episode. We want you to be part of it. We want you to rise up and claim your space. Rise up. Claim your space. Raise your voice, open your ears and claim your space. I got two more questions for you before I let you go back to your beautiful Friday. Uh, (laughs) The first one is Ruth Uh Bader Ginsburg, uh, the ghost, the ghost of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, because, you know, she has passed. Um, She contracts us, but you largely. Uh, as the ghost of Ruth Bader Ginsburg to get her up and rolling on LinkedIn. What do you think the uh, ghost of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's like, favorite? Like, right, no, I'll, I'll get there. What do you think 
The ghost of Ruth Bader. I told you in the pre-chat this question was going to be stupid. What do you think the ghost <sighs> of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's favorite LinkedIn feature would be? Oh, that's easy. Well, we ain't practice. We didn't practice this, but this is easy. The newsletter feature. Knowing, you know, being able to publish um, and give clarity and education and understanding regarding key decisions that she would make or had made through history, being able to give the backstory. I could see that the backstory to her um, descents or her decisions. You could call it like beyond the collar. (gasps) Whoa. Yeah. All right. Ghost of RPG, hit us up. We're here for you. (laughs) We are your daughters and we want to make sure your presence continues. All right. But for those of us who are still among the living uh, and need to get our acts together on LinkedIn, how can our listeners start a conversation with you? How can they come into your world? First, they should either follow me on LinkedIn or even better, they should connect with me. They should send me a LinkedIn connection invite and let me know in the personal note they should send. So not just hit that connect button, be gone. Do a personal note and let me know they listen to this episode of your podcast so that I have that understanding. But then they can also go to my featured section on my LinkedIn profile. There's an option for them to schedule a complimentary 30-minute Zoom session with me for me to give them a quick assessment of their profile. We can get the conversation started from there. Heck yes. Y'all. Take her up on that call. (laughs) My sister in loud, bold behaviors and occasional expos. Thank you so much for being (laughs) my guest today. It has been such a pleasure to have you here. It's been such a treat to talk with you as well. This has been fun. Yay! (laughs) Y'all, I will be back in just one second with my final thought and your homework for the week. Well, hey there. Wow. When Clarine first came to me and said she wanted to do an RBG episode, my eyes filled with happy tears. My Shiro. I blew a kiss at the pin that is always right over my shoulder when I sit at my desk, which is a teeny tiny little version of her descent collar. And now, only about 10 days later, I write this final thought on the day that the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. On one hand, we knew this day might come, but on the wildly selfish other hand, this is not the climate I wanted to put this episode out in. But this is bigger than me and bigger than us, so it goes. This is not a political podcast or a women's health podcast, and you will not be receiving my hot take on abortion today. But I would be remiss if I didn't say something. What a phenomenally irresponsible waste of a platform that would be. This show has run the gamut of air quotes social issues that I think are really human rights issues. Black Lives Matter, responsible gun ownership, protections for queer and trans kids, the fact that we still have babies in cages along the southern border of the U.S. Sometimes I bring them up, but most often my guests do. Because they also realize that none of us operate our businesses in a bubble. We are all of us impacted every single frickin' day by what it means to be a citizen of this world. 
My guests and I understand that having a platform is a privilege, period. Raising my voice and assuming folks will listen is a privilege, regardless of if I'm talking about social media stats or marriage equality. Inviting haters, unsubscribes, angry fan mail, lost clients, even that is a privilege. No one is threatening my life today. No one is threatening my marriage today. I am invisible to police and proud boys alike, and that makes me lucky. I promise, Clarine, in this episode, recorded back in the before times that were as recent as yesterday, that I would do everything I could to end white silence, and I publicly reaffirm that vow here on the other side of this madness. But rather than assign homework this week, I'm issuing an ask. Let's all please look at how we show up on social media. Are we contributing to the conversation or just trying to outshout our haters? Are we sticking our head in the sand and acting like everything is normal? On the flip side, are we spreading nihilism and panic? Facebook, Twitter, even TikTok are inflamed today. Do we want to be a part of that or find a different avenue? Only you can answer that. No matter what issues we pin to ourselves or sound bites we choose to repeat, let's all show up as whole people this week. What would it really mean to create a culture of responsibility and openness in our online communities? What would it feel like to dial up the advocacy in our work and in our content? And where, oh, where are the boundaries we need to put in place to keep from oversharing, overshouting, or re traumatizing ourselves? Somewhere up in liberal heaven, RBG is playing canasta with John Lewis. Folks outside the U.S. Google him. He was something else. May their memory inspire good trouble and deeper connection in us all. Hey, thanks for listening. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. Listen, we talk a lot about marketing on this show, and that's because I fully, earnestly believe that every dime and every moment we spend marketing is totally worth it unless we turn around and sabotage ourselves at the finish by refusing to sell and sell beautifully. Why? A lot of us have a misconception of what selling actually requires of us or who it needs us to be. Please give me the opportunity to help change your mind at www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y.com. Big shout out to the fabulous dudes who helped make this show what it is. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My composer, Riley Herbastio. And my show artist, Francois Vigneault. They're all fabulous and I'd be glad to introduce you. Until next week, just do your best. And remember, you're too legitimate to quit.